0: hey
1: everybody welcome to rock solid the comedy podcast for all things music both new and classic I'm Pat Francis and joining me today in the producers chair is
0: me matt belknap matt belknap how's it going
1: i'm good and matt you're here today because we're, we're recording midweek yeah normally i record on the weekends mm-hmm. but we are we are here because we want to accommodate someone's schedule wow yeah how about that and uh that person that just said wow <laughs>
2: uh
1: everybody welcome Susanna hoffs yay yeah. Susanna.
2: hi <laughs>
1: how are you Susanna? you look nervous
2: I feel nervous. Why
1: are you, Why do you feel because that
2: way? Because it's
1: so- Bright? It's so bright.
2: <laughs> so fluorescently yeah. bright. Oh my, I know. So the sound is so pristine <laughs> oh, that I good. feel like <laughs> that's the problem with headphones.
1: Yeah. Do you want me to turn you thing. down? I could turn you down No,
2: now. that's okay. Do
1: you want him to turn me off?
2: <laughs> no. Would that okay. help? I that think, might help. I think I'm going gr- to uh, get used to it.
1: Okay, cool. Uh, so Susanna, I, I've been trying to get you on uh, the show, uh, for a long, long time. I
2: know. And I apologize for how crazy my schedule has been. Well,
1: there's no reason for you to apologize because you have stuff happening and I don't.
2: Really? (laughs) I feel like you have a (laughs) lot happening.
1: No, no, but like I would, uh, whenever I'm trying to get someone on, I usually will tell the listeners, I'll say, Hey, I'm trying to get this person on. Here's what's happening. So it's like a build. So then if, if I finally do score the guest, then I think they feel happy at home, too. I got you. For me. I got you. Or they might not. They might just say, wow, Pat's the really sweeter sad. the re- reward of the whole <laughs> exactly, exactly, of
2: trying to make it happen. Uh,
1: so uh, I love the Bengals. Thank I, you. I have been uh, a Bengals fan since the beginning, and yet I have only seen you play one time, and that was your most recent show at the Whiskey. Really? It was like, you're like my bucket list, you and Elton John. Those are like my, and and Joan Jett, but I I got Joan Jett last year. So, yeah, you guys are like my bucket list, one of my bucket list concerts. I
2: think you went to a good one.
1: You did not disappoint. It
2: might have been like 1984 at the Whiskey. Exactly. It felt We tried to channel, we tried to time travel back. It was, I
1: love the way you guys like stood up in the balcony and were like dancing prior prior to coming down. (laughs) That was your idea?
2: No, but I I can't resist when the the pre. The walk on song yeah. comes on. I forget which one. Oh, it was the Bee Gees. Yeah, it was a Bee Gees song.
1: And there's no place to walk on from the whiskey. You just walk on. You go in with f- it. Front of everyone. Yeah. But no, you guys were fun. You guys, uh, I didn't, I didn't not think that you guys weren't good musicians, but I didn't know. How good of musicians you didn't know you how are. awesome how we awesome are. you are live. I was really impressed. I was impressed so much with Debbie's drumming. I know, right? I mean, because I think sometimes uh, you know, a, a, chick a, drummer, a chick drummer, or <laughs> or an all chick band for whatever reason, which is stupid. It's not how I feel. Yeah, but I think they don't get the maybe the street cred that they deserve. Wow, I just said street cred. Yeah, like you did. Like an that, that idiot. Sounds good. <laughs> uh, because I mean, no one plays. J- I
2: just keep looking at the Kojak <laughs> record cover.
1: That's uh, fun, we're gonna be idea. playing. Many uh, have you uh, autog- gonna, can you autograph that? Oh, for sure. us? <laughs> Even <laughs>
2: though I'm not Kochak, <laughs> yeah, we'll
1: be playing. Cool. So where you have to shave your head before oh, the end no. of the appearance. Okay, well that
2: might be the deal for uh, <laughs> like the autograph. But, what? but you <laughs> guys, <laughs> you guys
1: were so great that night. It was such a great show, and I, I want to give who is the bass player, the guy who plays live,
2: Derek the, Anderson. He amazing. is amazing, right? He's he just, really he great. He just
1: hangs back and just like
2: yeah, oh, he's great. so good and he really loves the 60s references mm-hmm. i mean he really understands them to the core in yeah. the way that we we don't have to say you know channel t- taxman or something he he, <laughs> he gets knows it. It. he gets it
1: and uh, yeah. yeah the most recent bangles cd is my favorite i think oh, it's, i think it's the best one you guys have done oh, thank you. uh people that listen to this show know that i've talked about sweetheart of the sun it's till they're sick of it probably oh
2: wow thanks but
1: uh, hopefully they bought it before they were sick of it but no i think it's i think it's uh I, in my opinion, it's pr- I think, and you can answer this question, I think it's probably as close to how you guys probably wanted to always sound on record. Is that right?
2: Amazingly, I, I'm like trying to remember the record because <laughs> it's been an oddly busy few years for me yeah. where I've had a, I, I had the Someday record, my mm-hmm. solo record yep. that I wrote everything with Brazel, who's over there. Hi, Brazel. Andrew Brazel, thank yes. you. Yes who accompanied me today to the podcast. But And then after that, I had volume three of the under the covers thing. So I've been going kind of back to back Mm -hmm. in the last three years. So Sweetheart of the Sun. No, I think that Sweetheart did kind of capture a lot of that kind of sunshiny electric guitar jangle thing Mm -hmm. that we've always loved, but that might have been – people might – Associate more with our earlier yeah. earlier records. Yeah. yeah,
1: before the big the big success show busy stuff. Yes, came exactly. Out. Yeah. Well, let's go. way let's start way back. This is when you were the Bangs, right? And this is a song. It, well, this would probably be the first time that we've ever heard you on uh, recorded uh, history of Susanna Hoffs. This is a song called uh, "Getting Out of Hand." Great. Let's hear it.
0: You've been
1: see you're bopping along. So yeah. when was the last time that you actually heard that song?
2: Um, I ha- actually had to listen to it again to prepare for those whiskey, whiskey, ah. sh- the whiskey shows and the Paisley Underground shows that mm-hmm. we did at the Fillmore and at the Music Box or the Henry Fonda with uh, at the end of last year. Yeah. Um, so I did have to revisit all that uh-huh. music. And, and I ha- had to find it on YouTube, you know, because it's <laughs> yeah, not really. We're I, I making it available, by the way. Yeah,
1: you guys. The the first Bangles EP is coming is going to be re-released. with
2: extra rarity tracks. So will, the, will this be on there? Yes, maybe? it will.
1: And the the fr- I don't know who produced this song, but the the EP was produced by Craig Leon, yes, who worked with Blondie.
2: Amazing guy. First
1: Ramones album. Yes. Uh, is he still with us?
2: Yes. Great. We follow <laughs> each other on Twitter. I'm happy to say. Uh, so yeah, he, he is. Oh, that's he, cool. And, and uh, I'm hoping to reconnect with him next time I'm in New York and that will be soon because that's in October. So I'm going to, I'm going to do the whole social media thing and send him a message and say, Hey, yeah, no, he's a great, great guy and an excellent, amazing producer.
1: And, and yes. And so many amazing albums. And, uh, you know, I mean the first Ramones album, you could quit right there if you're Craig. Yeah, you Leon. could, um, why not? Do you guys know when that's going to come out, the EP?
2: I think it's going to come out uh, towards the end of this month. Oh, great. And it'll just be released digitally.
1: Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So if you go to thebangles.com, yes. the information's there. Or
2: on my my social media sites, I'll be you know blasting info about it Yeah, as you're well. pretty
1: good with that. You like I'm the, trying. You like the
2: Twitter? I'm t- I like the Twitter.
1: And Vicky's on Twitter?
2: Yes. She's, we're on Twitter.
1: She's on Vicky, what's she, Vicky Bangle? Yeah.
2: I'm just myself.
1: You're just yourself. Um... And so, uh, so the EP, and I don't have any of the EP, so I'm glad I've never heard the EP.
2: Oh, wow. As big of a fan I
1: am, I'm a big fan. I've never heard it. I can't, could could never find it anywhere.
2: Well, soon you will be able Uh, to find it. excited
1: about it. Okay. That's our show. Um, no. Uh, so then, um, after the EP, you guys, uh, you guys get signed big record deal. Columbia records. Yeah. That's gigantic. Springsteen, Dylan. Aerosmith.
2: Springsteen is the one who vetted the Bangles.
1: Oh, <laughs> did he really? He
2: really did. <laughs> is that true? And guess yes. He, um, Peter I don't know if Philbin. She's joking. I'm not joking. <laughs> okay. I'm so so not joking. Okay. Cool. I'm deadly serious right. right now. Peter Philbin, our A and R guy, worked with him, and the Bangles had a gig at Magic Mountain. And when I think of gigs <laughs> wow. at Magic Mountain, I think of the scene in Spinal Tap. Right. Yeah. Where uh, they're playing, uh, and they're getting show the radio. And tap. Yeah, 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 and the radio interference and all that. So he brought Bruce to see us. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's very, oh, my God. And um, he basically, you know, to sort of vet us. And we got the thumbs up. And, and that, you know, did next you thing did, I knew, we were signed. What did Bruce say
1: to go, You know what? Uh, I liked him... Uh, I like them jangly uh, girls. I, th-
2: I think that... I think you guys want to ride Colossus? Like
1: <laughs> yeah. Now you, yeah, let's, let's I don't even it. Let's think a Colossus coaster. Would,
2: Maybe I was there. Hey, I
1: want to get that Vicky. I want to get he, her uh, you cotton think he, candy. <laughs> do you think,
2: call some <laughs> uh, I I think yeah, he calls them coasters?
1: I kind of think. You might be right. Then he writes a song about it. Yeah. Yeah, I wrote 35 coaster songs tonight. <laughs> but then
2: I... I'm sure... I'm does he not them. have a, a theme park song? Maybe like a state fair kind of... I can picture it. he What's What's the closest one?
1: He's got one
2: about uh, they're so they're so visual i yeah. know you know the cotton candy and the coasters and all that i, I like i it. wish he
1: would have written a song about you guys I maybe mean, maybe that been great.
2: yeah i didn't even mean about us i meant about going to the going to go to the park theme par- going to the park he's got to have one he's got <laughs>
1: what uh so uh i'm uh i was talking like an idiot but did you, you did get to meet him that night
2: no you didn't. i didn't i maybe did you know he was there you know what i knew he was there it's possible I met him. I've met people in my life and I can't remember. So <laughs> it's very, very, it's 50 50. I might have met okay. him. But I definitely, 100%, I knew he, you was there. he was there. I knew he was there. And he
1: gave you the thumbs up.
2: Got the thumbs up. And then so we got signed. You got then we signed. were on a major label.
1: Yes, you were. And, and you're I, right.
2: People like Dylan and Simon and Garfunkel were on that label. I know. That's and a Bruce. pretty,
1: yeah, everyone's Columbia's. It was is. weird. Is is it was an amazing label. I mean when I when I think of the records that I had, you know, Journey and Billy Joel and just all these amazing artists that were on Columbia Records, you just the sticker on the vinyl just yeah. like would give me a chill when I would see it.
2: They were the only label that wanted us to. <laughs> that was no. it was it was one of those things like we were kind of on the scene in LA mm-hmm. and there was a scene happening at that time some people call it the Paisley underground scene, but there was yeah. a whole punk thing. Then there was a rockabilly thing and then the Paisley underground. And, and they were, luckily there was one label that wanted to and sign it, us. And it
1: was that label. And it was that one. Well, let's hear something uh, from, uh, from all over the place. And this is uh, Suzanne Hoffman vocals. This is hero takes a fall. So uh, I, I love this album too, but it, it doesn't do a lot. It doesn't chart high. It doesn't. It does. It's not the big breakout album that you're looking for, right? But you did get the tour. You guys, uh, you guys opened for Cindy Lauper some shows.
2: Yes, we did. That was was that? No, our first tour was the English Beat, but that's before we were signed to Columbia. Okay. No, we did open for Cindy. And I did think. you
1: do, do some shows with Huey Lewis?
2: I don't think we true? did. We may have. I remember. Maybe we flew on a plane together once. <laughs> I swear, I, I the, the, you're just tapping into some deep, deep gray matter in my brain. Like I remember sitting next to him on a plane. Or was that? Uh, wait, sorry, I feel like you should hit pause. But there was the guy from Starsky and Hutch. Who are the two guys from Starsky? David
1: Soul and Paul Michael Glazer.
2: One, I think it was David Soul. I okay. think I once sat next to him on a plane. <laughs> but that's not Huey Lewis.
1: No, but that's okay. It's still funny.
2: I, okay. <laughs> You're next to
1: David Soul.
2: I think so. He's Hutch. You know, he was Hutch. Yeah, I think I may have sat next to Hutch. He's
1: the guy who would jump out the window and land with his uh, ass right on top of the uh, the, the the car in the okay. opening credits. I I,
2: I I think I may have. All right, but that just tells you how far back in time we're going, uh-huh. just to set the stage for the listeners. <laughs> we were really, yeah. What's but a, but like, the thing about that record is it may not have done very well, but it got the attention of Prince.
1: It did. Yes. You mean Christopher? Yes. <laughs> Why the Christopher?
2: I don't know. Why? Don't uh, know.
1: Did you actually have a meeting with Prince? Did he Does he meet you? Um, does he want to come see the band? Yeah,
2: he came and saw the band. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And he played on – and he would jump on stage. And Hero Takes a Fall was the song that mm-hmm. he really – that's the one he – I guess it was in the early days of MTV and he saw our video, which looking back was the kind of quintessentially cheesy video. You're, you're like out it's in front all, of a – There's a mannequin in yeah. it that <laughs> crashes and breaks. Yeah. And there's costume, weird costumes. And, and we're,
1: you have like a real tight kind of a, a fro yeah, thing Yeah Well, going. see, it was
2: before I learned how to – manage all that. Right, exactly. So with, with the blow dryer and stuff. But yeah, no, I it was just... And, and we had a stylist. That's what happened. A stylist and a makeup people. and We were just sort of made and, up to look that way. And
1: did you have say in that? Or did they just go, this is what we you were, look
2: like? We were young and kind of green. You know, we didn't really know... If the stylist says, you know, put on these lace bobby socks with these high heel shoes, it's going to look very, and like all this big shoulder pad jacket, so you just go okay. tease up your hair, make it even bigger. You kind of go, okay, I don't feel like myself, but you but, don't know to say no.
1: Right. Okay, cool. And, and, um,
2: very eighties
1: <laughs> s- styles. A, I have a question about Prince because I know that you're a friend of Fred Arminson. Yeah. Fred Arminson's impression of Prince is, is, it's dead on. Is it. it? I'm asking you.
2: I haven't seen it. You've never seen Fred I've do seen Prince on Saturday Night I've seen Fred I've, do tons of stuff, but oh my God, and I Fred, haven't seen it. Up. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to YouTube it. it, it. Is,
1: you've seen Fred do Prince. I don't Prince. think I've seen it either.
2: He would, does a whole sketch, Garen. I, it's
1: it's, it's hysterical, isn't it? No. Like we're just,
2: Fred does so much. You're Fred never did it. Like Fred, does, Fred, is, Fred is an extraordinary... Everything. Everything. Talent, genius, and also happens to be like the greatest friend and great person well, then so you,
1: you got to look up i'm
2: gonna look it you up look it up on i'm gonna YouTube. youtube it yeah you're
1: gonna say fred do you do a prince impression and he's not gonna be your friend anymore because he's not gonna believe that you didn't know it
2: i i know now now i feel bad that i haven't seen <laughs> it like if he hears this and he'll be like yeah. what you didn't see it
1: he uh, he jumped up on stage and played drums at the whiskey show yes he did that i call
2: pretty- i called him i organized i orchestrated that the whole thing right
1: yeah. i like to pretend that he was just there
2: no, I, 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 had it all arranged <laughs> All right. <laughs> the all right.
1: Show. Let's, uh, who produces these first, uh, these, these David Kahn, David Kahn. Yes. I always, I never know how to say his name. David Kahn. Kahn. Yes. And is he, he's just a producer that are you guys, do you guys have he, a pick he of was, producer?
2: Well, he was uh, on the staff of the A&R staff at, at Columbia. And, and was a staff producer okay. at, a, at, at Columbia. Yeah.
1: Okay. So new band, that's who you get.
2: Yes. Okay. We were matched up with him.
1: So after all over the place, and then here's the one that everyone, everyone, this is the gigantic breakout, different light, triple platinum, uh, goes up to number two on the album charts.
2: Oh, I didn't know that.
1: You got, uh, you got, that's what Fred Arminson told me. You yeah, should get, yeah, you should yeah. meet yeah. him. He knows all this. <laughs> uh, you get four top 40 hits.
2: Wow. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. Uh, uh, Sorry. I feel I, like
1: you, that you weren't in this band, Suzanne. No, I, <laughs>
2: This is like, yeah, this could be like a weird sci-fi boy, moment we, <laughs> where it was really my clone or uh, something. Look,
1: I'll be, I'll be worried if when we get to, we bring you all the way up to the most recent music you've done. If, no,
2: if you I, don't I'm know it that, now. then I'm going I'm be remembering like, oh boy. it now. No, we did. I just, the way you're saying it uh-huh. seems so...
1: Dull? Official, know, like <laughs> official. Like,
2: I didn't know it was that many platinums or whatever. You know, like I, I, right. I, knew it did well.
1: You were okay. You were living it, so you weren't really. Yeah,
2: I was kind of in the middle of it. Yeah, I kind of
1: had to do homework. Cause Why I... do
2: you have so many Kojak things? <laughs> I'm getting these, these distracted.
1: Are not, these are not my Kojak things. There's another Who's pod. Kojak an,
2: collection. There's a, this there's,
0: guy Jimmy. Yeah. He's a huge fan.
1: Yeah, oh, he's, Jimmy. he's yeah, he's a huge fan of Kojak.
2: Okay, cool. Okay. I, I just wanted to understand.
1: Yeah,
0: this is Jimmy's studio.
1: This is Jimmy's studio, and okay. we're, we're guesting here today. Gotcha. All right. It is weird. it, yeah, it is We weird. probably should It's not weird, We should have faced her that way. It's just but I keep she...
2: staring at them, so it's yeah. kind of
1: Are you a messing
2: thing? with my memory. Do you
1: want a lollipop? Yeah, do you want a lollipop? Oh, was <laughs> that <laughs> That was he his thing. Lollipop, yeah, because yeah, the character didn't... <sighs> it was quit smoking right so he always had lollipops yeah.
2: which kind of was like a counterpoint to everything else about his image right he, exactly gotcha. you think he was so
1: tough that he smoked 10 packs a day but, right. no. yeah, but no, lollipop. now they toyed with him eating uh eating a snow cone every show but then <laughs> uh, it was just it, just
2: it was, wasn't as good
1: didn't seem right
2: <laughs> i remember the show but not that well i remember shows like colombo mm-hmm.
1: it was or, a show my dad watched gotcha. I, I don't remember i yeah. don't remember yeah yeah all right, so
2: back on uh, track. I'm afraid to throw more. No, I'm, I'm afraid
1: to throw more numbers at you. <laughs> Go for it. But uh, Manic Monday goes to number two. Right. Got the walk like an Egyptian. That goes to number one. That walks all the way up to number one.
3: Uh,
1: and I want to play uh, a song that went to number eleven. You might you might not remember this. This is uh, this is oh, a, not. walking down your street. <laughs>
2: okay, cool.
1: Because we know all the hits. <laughs> I'm almost afraid to ask you a question about this video, which I watched last night. Oh, you it can ask. Uh, you got Randy Quaid's in it. Yep. And uh, you got Little Richard in there. I know. And uh, he's not overacting at all.
2: No. <laughs> he's just being himself. <laughs>
1: right. Uh, and that must have been, it's a weird video, I too. Think I think
2: everyone was overacting. Well, That yeah. was sort of the the, the the vibe of it. There's
1: a pillow fight in it. Yeah. Like, if I can say that, guys, go right. to YouTube. Pillow <laughs> you fight. See the bangles have it, a pillow it was fight. A,
2: there, I don't know if you got the reference to Beyond the Valley of the Dolls on it
1: uh i didn't i was looking for kojak references okay
2: (laughs) well there's actually a um a a a very direct reference to that where in the in the band the carry nations Mm -hmm. i think they changed their name and beyond the valley of the dolls but the band is an all-girl band and they're going on their first tour and they have a scene of them in their little vw bus or whatever it was and a map superimposed over it and we we copied that in the video
1: that's cool it's, it's a weird video too because the song stops in the middle and there's like a little oh yeah there's like a little you're in the you're in the green room and um and uh, and we're l- talking yeah and little, little richard, richard comes in yeah and then the song starts back up which is what's kind of weird in a video back then yeah it was, it was i think quite, we
2: were trying to be very cutting edge it's quite a production yeah yeah <laughs>
1: and- <laughs> <laughs> well that's a great time. i love that song that went to number 11 susanna thank Did you, you
2: know you're jogging my memory but now it's coming back yes in uh,
1: back and forth that I had with uh, some of your team, uh, you know, months back, they all referred to you as Sue. Is that how people do people call you Sue? Oh,
2: I, I'm called tr- Susie, Su- Sue, Susanna. What A you, lot of people like. just default to Sue. I, I, I'm i okay with all of them
1: I tried to find a, a, a diet Coke can That said Sue But all I could find was friend
2: Friend. So
1: hi friend
2: I like that we were friends even before we met I
1: know Well the other one that they had They had mom And I'm like I've oh, seen that one I'll get friend
2: Friend is good Friend's
1: good Yeah Plus you can say it like uh, Like Frankenstein
2: Friend <laughs> yeah. Friend You can say it while you're smiling <laughs> That's right <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, I'm ha- one of us is having fun. Um, <laughs> I'm having fun. I know. I'm that kidding. makes two. Uh, then you get to work with Rick Rubin. Yeah, you get to uh, you get, and
2: George Draculius. That's
1: right. On on the soundtrack for uh, Less but, Than Zero. Yes. And when this song came out, I did not even know that this was a cover of a Simon and Garfunkel really? song.
2: Well, I when I first heard it, when I was before the Bangles mm-hmm. really started to happen, I was working in a ceramic factory that my aunt and uncle owned in Santa Monica, and I had to work sanding these little ceramic things all by myself in a windowless sort of basement room, and all I had was the radio to keep this me company. Like a, it was horrible. This sounds it was like,
1: like child labor I wasn't, laws. I was, I was come just into play. out of
2: college, so I was actually twenty-one. Okay, but. Other than that, it was pretty bleak, and I, that's when I heard Hazy Shade of mm-hmm. Winter for the first time on K-Earth 101, and so I didn't know it either, but I realized it was a more obscure one of their – It really it like is. Like a little under the – I think theirs went to number 12. See, now I'm remembering their chart. <laughs> the heck? So what's that all about? <laughs> But ours, yeah, ours did really yeah, well. Yeah, went
1: to number two. And I, I, this is one of the best, uh, the best remakes I've ever heard. I, you guys really rocked this thing up. And was Rick Rubin was he was he hands on in the studio with you guys? Um, was he kind of just an entity? That's...
2: He was sort of more like an entity. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think you put it well. That's what I've heard he was, about Rick. Rubin. Yeah, he was sort of just in and out, floating mm-hmm. in and out in a kind of. Way I can't even <laughs> describe it. It was George. I remember George. He was For, hands. on He was very hands on. And,
1: and George has uh, he's produced stuff. Uh, he, so much great yeah, stuff. Yeah, like the, the the Black Crows' first couple albums. Jayhawks did great. a Tom Petty album yeah, called yeah, Last he's, DJ. He's brilliant. Yeah. So let's hear uh, let's hear a little bit of Hazy Shade of Winter. There you go. so it's a lot harder than Paul and Marty. <laughs> time, time,
3: time to see what's become of me While I looked around
0: all my possibilities I was so hard
3: to please The ground is brown And the sky is a hazy shade
1: faded at myself. Yeah. Here, Very I'm well Talent. It was okay.
2: Uh,
1: it wasn't great.
2: I've heard better fades. Yeah. I'll be honest.
1: You know what though? Rick Rubin, I can fade better than him. That guy doesn't even touch the board.
2: <laughs> I don't think so.
1: He just walks in and has a, he's vegetarian, isn't
2: he? I don't know. I want to
1: know, know all about this guy.
2: You might want to get him on your podcast.
1: <laughs> That's not going to happen. <laughs> you <laughs> uh, you know. I would be distracted by that beard the way you're distracted by these Kojak pictures. <laughs> Maybe. Uh okay. So then then the next album you guys don't work with uh David Kahn. You yes. work with uh David, how do you say his name? David, David Seegerson. Seegerson. Yes. It's a weird name to say.
2: He's a great guy.
1: He produced the David and David album. Yes. With David And
2: Tori Amos.
1: Yes. And uh you guys pick him? Yes. Did you guys want a more rock and sound? Because uh the everything album I think is is a little heavier than the uh than the I, first two albums.
2: I don't know that that was the reason. I think we just Liked his sensibility. Mm-hmm. He was highly intelligent and fun. You know, he yeah. was very different flavor in a way as a producer than uh, to di- to our experience with David Kahn and just mm-hmm. the feeling that we had had. And I think we just wanted to work with someone that it felt like a, a fresh start right. on that album.
1: And uh, I really love this album a lot. Thank I, you. I love uh, you uh, wrote a couple of songs with uh, Tom Kelly and Billy Steinberg. Yes, yes. And those guys – Back in the day, their names were on everything. They, yeah. Just like Diane Warren. You always saw her name in the right, writing credits of right. things. Um, but uh, let's hear a little bit because I love this song. And uh, this is In Your Room. It's a very come, come hither song.
2: Thanks. Okay, I think that's Is that what a compliment. we call it. That's yeah. That's a compliment. I remember <laughs> listening to the, what if
1: I was not complimenting, you? could you come on my podcast and then I'm going to just trash just, me the whole just time, trash just... you the entire time. No, that's it. I love that song. It's so r- rocking and it's so, Thanks. I remember when I, when I first heard it, heard it and you know, you're, I mean, you were, you were, uh, what do I want to say back in the video days? Yeah. Uh first of all you look fantastic. Oh thanks. You you, you don't look any different. Really? You don't. Oh. Do you want to look different?
2: <laughs> I mean other than that, other I, than that fro, I mean no, you, no, you, no. you look you look you you look great. Thank you. Well I I'm happy about that. That's Guys back good. me up.
1: Yeah. Okay. Thanks. One guy.
2: Thanks. y'all. Um <laughs> Sorry, no no that's, so, good. that's good. That's good.
1: So back in the video days, I mean yes. I think I think the 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 young boys were like, "Hey, this this lady's oh. hot stuff." You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah. then when you're singing a song about the, in your room, right. you're making kids' heads explode. Oh, my gosh. Was that what you were trying to do with this song?
2: No, I, I, not really. I was going to say that, um, that I remember listening to uh, Tommy James and the Shondells, mm-hmm. I think, version of Mone Mone. Yeah. Not the Billy Idol cover of right. it, but now is
1: that about the painter at Monet?
2: No. <laughs> it's it's not. about he was looking out the window, I read about it. <laughs> it was actually not. Okay. It was about he was in New York and he saw the Mutual of Omaha, you know, an insurance sign. Okay. He just with mm-hmm. the letters M O N Y. Okay. And they were flashing. And he just I he just wrote that song. Somehow the inspiration was seeing just some random yeah. thing out his window. Because
1: it's kind of a nonsense.
2: Yeah. Thing. Yeah, but I Moni, remember Moni. I remember hearing that song and distinctly saying to myself, "I want to write a song like that." And I went to Tom and Billy and mm-hmm. said, "I love this song. It just I could. It would be so fun to have a song in yeah. the in the spirit of that." And then, you know, we sat down and started working on it, and that's what we ended up with was in your room, but it has kind of a similar beat. Yeah, I mean the the bridge part, the feel good in your room part, is kind of has that the same kind of basic i think feel. it's i
1: love it Thank that's, you. that's one I, of my I, that's know, one of my favorite ones
2: it's one of it's it i would have to say it's up there as maybe one of the ones i like to play live mm-hmm. most of all
1: yeah it's great i mean it never
2: disappoints how no, it fun doesn't. it is to play yeah like it just the, the energy is built the, in yeah the, immediately. exactly and i think whatever instinct i had back at the time to write something mm-hmm. that would be fun to play live yeah that that you know lives on as a good one to play live
1: uh that's and then and then the other song on everything is uh eternal flame yeah goes to number one
2: it did it did how exciting. I do remember that
1: how exciting is that
2: it was very exciting it was very <laughs> i sound so excited right <laughs> sound exciting. It, it it will do you um, not like
1: talking about yourself
2: I don't know. I guess mixed feelings. <laughs> Embrace it, Susanna. I'm embracing it. It's, just so, it's so bright.
1: Friend. And I have headphones on. Right.
2: Remember, let's I told you your headphones off. freak let's just, me just out? Just turn
1: it off, light a candle. Yeah, yeah, yeah probably. I bet,
2: you, I bet you'd get a whole different thing. If a whole you different did that.
1: vibe if we weren't yeah. in this.
2: Yeah, this is like it's bright. I got to just set the stage. There's lots of Kojak imagery <laughs> everywhere. And, it's and, not a Kojak museum. It, it, it almost. Well, there is a lot almost, of stuff. Almost. I'm looking at a thing. That just says Telly. Telly And it's like his album Telly yeah, he, Like his, his, album. his uh, Star Trek guy for, William it, Shatner It's like giving it's, me the vibe Is much it like very that. much it's like, like spoken, the William Shatner yeah,
1: He does like, a version of In Your Room on that album no. It's amazing
2: <laughs> that, that I gotta hear That's the
1: last room I would ever want to go to <laughs> Telly Zavala's room Come on um, baby <laughs> Baby in my room With baby. my
2: lollipop <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> So uh, now uh, who, who chooses the singles at this point Because it seems Columbia they do. And it yeah. seems like they're picking songs uh because all the Bangles sing lead vocals yeah, on that's the albums. True. That's but true. it seems like they're picking the Susanna Hoffs songs. Is that because um well Debbie said she goes it's cuz Susanna's cute.
2: Debbie said that? Yeah,
1: she said she's cute and she's a good singer and she yeah, she complimented you all around, but oh, she's like so
2: nice. yeah, so that's what happens. I well I, de- I definitely think that the label would would vet the songs mm-hmm. in the way that whatever springsteen, way would
1: springsteen vet now i don't think springsteen
2: <laughs> okay. was part of the committee but i they had some way they would okay. test it they would listen they would make a decision we were always kind of wondering what was going to happen yeah. when we would deliver an album mm-hmm. and then you know you'd, you'd have a sense in the studio but like eternal flame almost didn't make the record that's just crazy. so you know that's crazy walk like an egyptian was an afterthought mm-hmm. kind of that was something david Kahn had this demo and played me the demo at his office just – he had come across – I mean, we were always wanting to write right. our stuff. But yeah. then there would be the odd song or the odd cover. And and truthfully, the Bangles kind of started out learning who we were by doing covers. Mm-hmm. We kind of became the Bangles through our covers. And yeah. so I think that's kind of – when people say like, what's your advice for a band? Well, find some songs you like and and they do, even if you before you've started writing and just sort of learn to play them and then yeah. maybe from there you'll sort of figure out oh what were the mechanics of how this why the, why you like this right. is it that it has harmonies or what you know whatever it is it has a riff that sounds like that and it kind of can inform the creative process at least it did for the Bangles so we've always we've always done covers but anyway we never would know it would mm-hmm. be sort of the the uh, decision from on high Of what the single was.
1: Well, I mean, it obviously worked because the songs they're picking go to number five and number one. So
2: I mean, actually, our our manager at the time came to the studio Mm -hmm. and listened to Eternal Flame and said, there's no drums on it because it was kind of the era of the big power ballad. Yeah. And he's like, you got to put drums on it because it's a it's very catchy. Mm -hmm. You know, but I don't know what's going to happen without that, and we we never did, and it ended yeah. up working as this like little toy music box kind of lullaby thing.
1: Yeah, that's funny to me because the the uh, the rest of the album is, is 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 again heavy. I think heavier than the the previous two. So why not? Why can't there be one? Why can't one song be different? Yeah, Does no. I think I think be? that's
2: was interestingly both Eternal Flame mm-hmm. and Egyptian was. Walk Like an Egyptian was this interesting song that this guy Liam Sternberg had written. Mm-hmm. He, he had been kind of a peer of Chrissy Hine, came from Ohio, and was just worked with Rachel Sweet and was like a very cool songwriter guy living in Europe right. at the time. And and I think and uh, he that was a very quirky song. Yeah, and it was the third single on that record. It ended up being I think the biggest single yeah. on that record. But it, it's again, it was just. Some of the Bengals' history has been just the thing that you didn't think was going to happen. Right, Ended exactly. up being the thing that caught on.
1: Well, hey, whatever works, right? Right. So uh, so now after- uh,
2: Never was a quote more apt.
1: Th- th- friend. <laughs> um, <laughs> so after everything, now here's what I want to ask you. Yeah. Do, do the Bengals break up? Because you do a solo record.
2: Yes. You, I, did, is there a breakup? There was kind of a breakup,
1: a, and who? And how does that? What happens? It
2: kind of divided in the middle, like Vicky and Debbie are sisters. Our sisters, so they have to and stay then together. Michael Steele, who was our bass player yeah. through the Columbia years, mm-hmm. we had other bass players right. before her, but for the main, you know, main part of our career right. when people knew about us, um, she and I were sort of burnt out and feeling. Like there was just sort of some dysfunction beginning to mm-hmm. brew or, you know, all bands have it. Right. Exactly. It's, it's families. You're like yeah. a dysfunctional family. And I say that because that's kind of just the truest way of saying it. Yeah. Like you love each other, but you're dysfunctional and sometimes it's hard to get along. Right. And, or you just want autonomy. You just yeah. want like, you know, we've been living in a van going from place to place mm-hmm you know, never kind of rooted in any one place and never having any autonomy, never any ability to just make decisions for ourselves as right. individuals. So that becomes, um, you know, difficult to maintain yeah. over endless periods of endless amounts of decades. So we kind of did that for a decade. We just hit kind of a breaking point.
1: And you're young too. You're young. You've just, yeah. it's, it's kind we kind of, of
2: went through our twenties right. together, but
1: it happens pretty, but 20, I mean, we, we know now, you know, that 20 is, that's young.
2: I know. You know, 20-year-olds don't think it is, but
1: now we know. I
2: know. Friend. So, I know. <laughs> so, so, we, so now. So what happened okay, was, and on. we'd also had a management change. And mm-hmm. so we had new managers and, and we were sort of like the Goldilocks thing with managers. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. this is too cold or this is too warm or this is too hot. Is that the Goldilocks story?
1: That's the Goldilocks or, story. The yeah. chair,
2: like nothing ever yeah. quite fit perfectly right. for us. And I think that we, we were sort of. Also, it was a, our way of dealing with how hard it is to be in a band yeah. that's working nonstop for close to 10 years. So at that point, Michael and I kind of decided that we wanted to part ways. Mm-hmm. And so it was just a very uncomfortable sit down where there was two couches facing yeah. each other and Vicki and Debbie are, were on one side and mm-hmm. Michael and I were on the other. And we were like, we don't want to keep going. We want to. So it was just – but then – it turned out to be more of a hiatus than anything
1: yes yes but it
2: wasn't comfortable it's never easy to tell somebody you're you know you don't want to do it
1: right and they and and so you so you make it so columbia lets you stay on label so what ended up
2: it. happening was that columbia was going to work with actually both michael and i and i, ne- I never could did find out what happened with mm-hmm. that i with uh, what the record she was going to make but at any point i ended up actually I ended up making a record with David Kahn. I went back to working with david Kahn.
1: and this uh and this album when you're a boy, it sounds a little more like um all over the place and a little more like different it's david
2: Kahn. yeah David Kahn was very very it was very much his vision and me trying to figure out who I was in the middle of that so
1: he wanted to he wanted to like take you back uh to what you were doing before the everything album
2: I think so I mean that's one way of looking at it I think he just i was i was just coming down from this kind of period of intense touring and exhaustion and trying to figure out what to do. And I went in with an open mind, kind of partnering up creatively with David. Um, And I don't know, I haven't heard the record in a long time, but when I hear it, I think back that it was very – it felt a little bit – um, it's kind of quirky and poppy in yeah. that David way. Let's put it that way.
1: Well, let's hear the the, the first single uh, is "My Side of the Bed," another come hither song. It's almost a sequel to uh, "In Your Room."
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: See, so now you, you, you want to get in that room, then you want to get on that side of the bed. I feel like you owe us two more songs. There should be a song about getting married and then one about having children. Okay. I think that's the four. I think those four songs would go together. Yeah. So, Andrew, maybe you two work on those.
2: I think I've probably done, done addressed those topics in other songs, uh-huh. but at a later date.
1: Okay. Yes. Now, the, you hear that song. This has This sounds like it has all the makings of being... A big record, yeah, and then it kind of is not, right? It doesn't, it doesn't do what the Bangles records did, right? And what, uh, and how does how do how does David Kahn feel? How does Columbia feel? What are you thinking? Is it? Uh, it's got to be disappointing. Well,
2: I mean, it just was what it was, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, I think that there was a lot of pressure on it to, and you never know with records, yeah, that's what, what happens, and you know, it, it actually. It did get airplay, mm-hmm. and in the video was on MTV. Yep. And I just, I was sort of just in the midst of trying to go out and do the the work part of it, which is promoted. I went on tour with Don Henley, and oh um, boy, and and at one point there was a show where I opened for Sting and Don Henley. Oh wow. Well, look, that's kind of I've, interesting. That is yeah. interesting.
1: I've talked about Sting and Don Henley many times on the show.
2: Well, we won't get into that. We won't. I don't know what you said, but but just for the for the. For the sake of time. What do you think I've said? I, I, I don't know. I bet you do know. I don't know. All right. Even I if I did know, I wouldn't me. say it.
1: If they were here <laughs> and I were to give them each a Coke can.
2: It wouldn't say friend on it? It
1: would probably
2: not. Would it say mom?
1: It, it wouldn't say would mom. Would it say
2: buddy? There's one that says buddy. Is there one that
1: says pretentious? <laughs> oh. Or is there one that says pompous?
2: <laughs> I don't know, but you could maybe get coke to come up with that
1: i wonder if that's going to be the next campaign if we are just going to have like uh, and then
2: you're going to have to call them and say you got that from me <laughs>
1: <laughs> mm. so uh,
2: but, but but at any rate i i was working so well that, I, no,
1: that's a great that's great for you to be i mean look those guys are, are gigantic artists uh then and now so to be opening for them that was probably it was daunting playing in a front, giant like, ton of people, yeah too, i was playing
2: in, t- in front of a ton of people and it was just kind of I felt like I was just sort of like trying to survive mm-hmm. whatever it was and the work is always the thing. You know, like just as long as you have a show to do, you can mm-hmm. focus on that. So I wasn't really disappointed. It just was mm-hmm. what it was. You put it out there and you're just grateful for whatever yeah. it does.
1: Is it a, Was it a band that you put together yourself? Yes. So you you had camaraderie. and, and
2: I, Yeah. And I okay. had Rusty Anderson who's been playing with Paul McCartney through the David Kahn connection. Wow. Rusty had done some little guest stuff on mm-hmm. Bangles records, played little things on a few songs here and there. He's phenomenal, so I, I got to work with him on that whole tour That's and the excellent. record. Yeah,
1: I'm gonna. Here's how I'm gonna spin it. Uh, you made that guy such a great guitar player that Paul McCartney <laughs> had to steal him from you.
2: I think you already was. Okay. I, I like that. That's no, a I'm, good spin. I like to spin it a different way. You, 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 uh, you spun it well.
1: You also record. Uh, you record a version of Unconditional Love. Which to me was a, was kind of a weird choice because Cindy Lauper had just recorded it like two years earlier for one of her albums.
2: Did, was it on her record? Or it was, was it a song she didn't put out? No,
1: no. It was on. Uh, it was on. I uh, knew she wrote it. Was it. on a night to remember.
2: It was. Yes. Okay. Well, I didn't know that. Okay. I just remember that Billy played it for me and I. Was I'm like, not accusing oh, you of doing anything. No, no, wrong. no, no. There's, I feel so guilty. <laughs>
1: But no, the, I don't. the the quirkiest thing on the is you do a you do a, a Bowie Eno cover. I know, called Boys Keep Swinging, which is is where the title of the album When You're a Boy right. comes from. And that from. was a,
2: a Bowie Eno song that I actually didn't know, but it was one of those last minute things where David's like, "This is a cool song,"
1: and then it becomes like, the uh, the title. I of the know, album too. so that's
2: what I mean. Like, it's just like sometimes the things you least expect will have some sort of. Larger meaning.
1: Well, let's hear a little bit of Boys Keep Swinging. You've seen the the Bowie video for this, where he's dressed in drag, like he's an old woman. I ha-
2: a- I don't think I, this is the crazy thing. I don't think I've heard that song since <laughs> maybe recording it. Wow. I mean, because I don't listen to my own, right? You know, it's just once well, they're no, it done. It'd be you, weird if you did. Yeah. Right? I mean, I I think. I, I mean, think so. I, some if they come on the radio or something. But that that was sort of an album track, so yeah. I did. I, ha- I haven't heard it since then. And also, I don't think I'd ever seen the video. To that because it was before the internet. Yeah. Remember those days? Yeah. So you'd have to be watching old, some old videos from, from MTV to catch that.
1: Right. True. That's true. You
2: can't, you couldn't just like look it up. Yeah. You can like just type we, it could, in. we can all do that now. Yeah. Shall we? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, so that's the thing. Everything's so accessible.
1: Yeah. But, but too ex- back it's too then, accessible right you
2: wouldn't go like, I think I'll play my vinyl record album now or put on my four eight track cassette <laughs> version of this, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. so that's true. That's what we had back then. Remember?
1: We do. I remember. You we kind of do. It was better then, wasn't it?
2: Um, Is it better? It, in some ways I, I kind of wish there was certain aspects of that yeah. we could impose on what, what's going on now. Like the, the fact that we can't. We can't stop this Internet thing like we can't we can't can't stop looking at it. Nope. we are home and like we have to look at it. We're at a restaurant like it's everywhere. I know it's just like driving us crazy, like little. I don't know. There's something not good about it. And then there's something great that you can be like, I want to see that David Bowie, you know, video. (laughs) Let's look at it. Woo! We just figured it out. Like you don't have to go to the library and look through those card catalogs to find something. <laughs> oh,
1: the library! Remember the- Burn it's- those places down. Well,
2: not <laughs> I'm kidding. But anyway, um, but you know what I'm talking yes, about. I like do. you'd spend like three days trying to find something. I know on microfiche.
1: Yeah, ah, oh, microfiche.
2: <laughs> See what I'm saying? That's the
1: worst. And then you had to, and it was so hard to navigate right? micro. Film yeah. and fish. Yeah, what does fish mean? I don't know. I went it down and I was looking bad. for. I was looking for a fish. I thought it was a micro fish. Yeah, it was going to be a tiny fish. Was going to be down in the basement of the library. Yeah. Hello. Uh, we are not going to play a, a, a Susanna Hoff song right now. I'm going to play a Tom Petty song. And I want to ask you about oh, this song. Okay. This is a Tom Petty song. It's not on any of his albums, but it was on his playback box set in 1995. It's called "Waiting for Tonight." An amazing song. And uh he's, got some, uh he's got some ladies singing on this with him. Let's hear it. If you
0: hung around too much, I might take her for granted But when I was away, she seemed an angel. The only one who really cared about me. The only one without an angle For so long I've been lonely Now too late to fight. I've been waiting for to. Been for that
1: sounds, you guys, that sounds so great. Like if someone yes. said the Bangles and Tom Petty, are going to sing on a song together. I don't know if I would have immediately said, Oh, that'll work. That sounds so
2: great. Thank you. That was really fun.
1: How did that happen?
2: Um, I don't remember who called who, but we just got word that they mm-hmm. wanted to, um, have us come to the studio. And around that time at the very end of the 80s, I I started working with Mike Campbell. He actually called me and said, let's write together. Oh, nice. So I don't remember if I had already started that, because he and I were writing in 89. And actually, one of the songs we started, Brazel and I revisited, I found the cassette, and it ended up on my last solo record. Someday. Someday. Yeah, it's called Raining. And then recently, Mike had... Me and Brazel was there to play a two-night charity thing that he does every year at the Troubadour. And it was – I mean it was everything – it was Jeff Lynn was playing and, and Joe uh, jo Walsh and, and uh, oh, all all sorts of amazing people. That is amazing. So and, and- I was part of that two-night thing, which was fun. But, so I've had a connection with mm. Mike since 88, 89 and I, I don't remember. Maybe he said, come do it and I got the other gr- – I don't remember exactly, but I do remember – the night we recorded it, it was fun.
1: Everything I hear about Mike Campbell is that he is just the nicest the guy ni- in the, the world. nicest.
2: That's I'm script. so lucky that like Fred is also one of the nicest people I've ever met. Those two guys are great. I'm really grateful to have these opportunities to work with people like that.
1: You want to work with nice people like Andrew.
2: Andrew's so nice. Can you really tell? Nice. I can
1: tell. <laughs> uh Oh, he's giving us the shit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he really. He says that, but well, he's nice.
1: I'm not against jumping around. So let's let's hear a little bit of uh, of uh, the song that you were just talking about. R- it raining, raining. raining. Yes. let's hear it from someday. told andrew this before you came in the room uh, that you're you're making your best music right now
2: thank you the
1: last uh the last few releases uh have, have are my favorite this is my favorite susanna thank you. solo album and sweetheart of the sun again it's oh thank Bangles you so album. much
2: we worked with mitchell Froom on that and and went ba- and that was bizarre that mitchell who's mm-hmm. a brilliant producer done so many amazing records had played keyboards on all over the place and played on or different Light, sorry, and played on *Manic Monday*. Was he
1: just hired as like a session? A yeah, musician I mean, he then? was
2: working in the same studio mm-hmm. at the time, and I think David they knew each other, and yeah, so and it just was kind of interesting to reconnect with Mitchell.
1: Yeah, he produced a couple of uh, my favorite uh, Su- Suzanne Vega yeah. albums. Yeah, and uh, he's, great. Yeah, he's, he's great. He's great. Really he did good. a
2: great job on that record. We really learned a lot working with him. He was fantastic.
1: Um, so do you think you work with him again?
2: Maybe, yeah. I mean, yeah. I I would love to work with him. I Mitchell. say we
1: get Mitchell Froome, Mike Campbell. Oh, my gosh. Fred Armington. Woo. Andrew. Woo. Susanna Hoffs. Oh.
2: We, <laughs> this is, this <laughs> this is, is like, some, a this like a super
1: group. Bruce Springsteen. Are Bruce Springsteen. We, Bruce Springsteen He's going to be on the he roller could coaster. He do a cameo. We're going to call this Asia 2. <laughs> it's going to be the biggest super group since Asia. Perhaps. <laughs> you make another solo album? Yeah. 1996, it's 5 years between solo albums. Right. Um are you still on Columbia Records at this point? I know they No,
2: didn't... no, no. At that point I was on London, London. Records.
1: But I was wondering if when at the start of it were you on Columbia?
2: Oh, well, I had I there was a lot of A&R shifting around. Yeah. There was a period where I made a record with Matt Wallace. Okay. It was more in the kind of rock Yes. genre great guy and i'd made a whole record with him and i'd worked with extensively with mark linkus from Mm -hmm. sparkle horse who was a brilliant artist um and i made this record and it didn't come out because there was something going on at the label that i was tipped off to that they weren't really paying much attention to me Mm -hmm. and that someone on the inside who was really nice said you know you might want to think about moving along to somewhere else. And I was like, thank you for letting me know that. That's good.
1: <laughs> yes, it is That's good. That's a
2: good kind of good news and bad news. But I, I, I was proactive about yeah. it. And I, and I uh, hooked up with Peter Kupke who worked at uh, uh, London records. Mm-hmm. And I really loved working with them. Actually, that, that whole thing was a really great experience.
1: So did that album become the Susanna Hoff subtitle yes. album? Yes. It did.
2: Yes. So I, I went back in the studio with, uh, at that label mm-hmm. and, with Peter really being very um, hands-on, head of a record company. And they really put a lot of care into We I did a lot of touring and, and really had a good time promoting yeah, a, that record.
1: And uh, yeah, a couple of producers on there, there, including David. David uh, Bearwald Berwald,
2: and then Jack Joseph Puig. Hmm. What happened is that it kind of hit an impasse with David. We worked really hard. He seems intense. He's very intense. Like his albums are intense. And, and I've known him since I was basically just out of high school Mm -hmm. my first boyfriend was one of his best friends so there was there was a lot of hanging out as teenagers okay so i knew and he's a little younger than me so i knew like this little sort of like artsy street kid you know david he was really really mega talented guy super super talented um, uh, but we just kind of hit a point where we were sort of floundering. Jim Scott, the great engineer, had been working on the record. The Hayden Triplets, uh, sisters actually, just the two of mm. the three, sang back up on it. And it just kind of hit this point where we didn't know what was going on yeah. with it. And then Jack, Joseph Puig, who's genius. I've worked – I've had such good fortune to work with so many amazing people, sort of – took Took the record and said, "I really like this record. I'm going to help you bring it to the finish line." And we ended up doing some re-recording. And John Bryan played on it, and Jason oh, tons Faulkner, of people. Yeah, like, I mean, uh, Fleetwood, G- Jim I mean, Keltner, Jim Keltner. I mean, Jim. No, Jim played at the original Bearwald sessions. Okay, Jim. Jim played there, and Larry Klein. I mean, it so was I kind I of went like, through, I went
1: through the oh, the line. No, no, because you don't know which started know. where. Okay. The
2: record. Jack sort of took the tracks uh-huh. and basically mixed them, but okay. it was more than mixing them. There was some, some add, re-recording, add, a, a little bit of adding okay. in, and some re-recording. Yeah, and but so yeah, it was a, a really great period though working on the record. I have to say because it was like a chance to meet incredible people right. and sit in a room and do takes with. Jim Keltner on drums. I mean, just record those tracks with Jim playing. I mean, it was incredible.
1: Now, when you're in a room with all these uh, people that you that you like and maybe that you idolize, are you? How do you keep? How do you keep your cool? How do you like? How do you? like, wow. do you like I don't do know you, how. Looking back, when you're there, I'm just are you like, like, oh yeah, yeah? We're just we're all cool. We're all here. I'm they li- were I'm so with them.
2: nice. You know what? And one thing David Bearwell did that was really smart is he just had this big dinner. We went out to a restaurant in uh, in Venice and just all hung out mm-hmm. and just talked about how much we wanted to do something cool together. So it, was, it started out with this great feeling of like let's just have musician camaraderie and then and then, cool. and then we all got together and wrote together. Like in large group, you know, like group songwriting. It was really kind of like very festive, I have to say. It just, it just couldn't. There was a, some kind of snag between recording all this mm-hmm. stuff. We had to, so much stuff, and someone trying to come in and refine. What? How do we like make it a record? So, uh,
1: well, David Berwald, he was in the, that Tuesday night music club. Yeah, so, so he, he, so he so that was that group of go, songwriting stuff. That's exactly
2: stuff. right. Yeah. He was. I mean, one day Sean Penn came. His friend Sean Penn came to the studio. It was very.
1: Did Sean Penn throw out some lyrics?
2: No, I. I he just was sitting there, <laughs> listening. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But and, and one day Joni Mitchell came. I have a tape of Joni oh and Whoa. us doing. And somebody turned on the tape uh, machine, "Love Potion Number 9, singing together. <laughs> Seriously, we
1: got to get that Like up he on he iTunes. was he
2: was very tapped in, David. And he wanted to record in a house. It's the first time I ever recorded mm-hmm. in a house. One time George Harrison called looking for Jim, and I answered the phone, <laughs> and it was just like. I, you said,
1: I, I, Fred, is this you doing a voice? No, no, Alabama. I didn't I didn't
2: even know Fred then. Let's pretend you did. No, I mean, okay. <laughs>
1: let's but no,
2: I just was like, yeah, hold on, I'll get over. I didn't crazy. even acknowledge that I, I knew it was George.
1: Let's hear something so, off this okay. off this After album. All let's all hear, uh, uh, I'll give you, tell me what you want to hear. Do you want to hear All I Want, Falling, w- or Weak With Love? Uh, mm, weak With Love is very intense and sad.
2: It's too sad, maybe. It's too
1: sad. It's about John Lennon yeah, getting killed.
2: Let's do... Um, Let's do either All I Want or or Falling. What do you think? Let's do All I Want. Let's do it. Okay.
1: That was a single.
0: Coincidence, call it a sin. It's just like people say. Tomorrow's Open up your eyes. Never hesitate.
1: This album's on iTunes. I'm pretty sure, isn't it? You can get uh, this yeah, on iTunes. Yeah, you
2: can now. It, yeah, wasn't, it wasn't. I for realized. A long time. I realized. You know. Waking up slowly to the whole internet thing. How, mm-hmm. oh gosh, this album's on there, but that one isn't. And yeah, get like, it all out you there. You got to get it all out there. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. It's it's It was it was even hard to find a physical copy of this at the time. I remember yeah. it was, you had to really seek it out. Yeah.
2: I mean, it, it's hard to stay on top of all this stuff.
1: I know. There's a couple of Telly Savalas albums I still can't find. <laughs> I know. And they're it's, not even it's on a iTunes. Challenge. I know. It's, it's tough. a challenge. Look behind I want to make sure. You.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I um,
1: how much time do we have with you today? Is there an is there an out because I want to make sure I get to this? Oh, no, we
2: can keep going. Stuff.
1: Okay, cool. You'll let me know. Yes. Uh, uh, two more questions. She'll be like, "We're done. No, we're done." Uh, you get to play Lilith Fair. I cannot say that word. It's the worst word for me to Lilith. say. Fair. Lilith. Lilith. <laughs> Lilith Fair.
2: It's got is the th a... thing in it. It's got Lilith. the l. I'm
1: from. I am from Pennsylvania. And I have an l thing. It's very oh, hard for thing? me to say. Yeah.
2: Well, how do you say l's?
1: Uh, like me. this, Lilith. <laughs> oh, okay, okay no, Lilith. It just—it's. I really have to concentrate when I gotcha. say it.
2: Gotcha,
1: How do you? Let me hear you say it,
2: Lilith. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I say, I say um, it perfectly. You should say it with ease. You should, Lilith. That
1: should actually be the on your, Lil- your. I
2: have trouble with the, the Lilith. Should, I think I got it. That should be it. on
1: your outgoing message. That's how good you said that. <laughs> um, so, uh, so how with the, that must have been exciting? You were invited to yeah. with all these other great female artists. That was to play daunting. Lilith
2: Everything is scary. Fair. I'll be honest. Everyth- scared? I'm scared all the time. This isn't scary. This is now not as scary as when it started. Yeah. Okay, good. Even though the lights are bright. <laughs> you're loosening up. I'm loosening up, am I?
1: You were tense and now you're like kind of you're, you're of loose. loose. Yeah.
2: But I, I was just thinking that today, like every time something exciting and new comes my way that I <laughs> that
3: mm-hmm.
2: it feels like an ad for something exciting <laughs> and new. But that seems like whenever I have to do something that's outside. The box a little mm-hmm. bit or outside it, the comfort zone of what I know, I'm both excited and panicked. Yeah, just animal fear and panic.
1: Well, for 2014, for myself, I'm staying right in the box. You are. There's no one in here anymore. Okay. Everyone's out of the box, so I'm right in here. You, okay. Well, you
2: know, then you found so your. It's so comfortable
1: in here. I have found my niche. Let's hear. Uh, we didn't play it before because I wanted to play this version. Let's play uh, Eternal Flame. From uh, the Lilith Fair album. Did it. I did it, <laughs> barely.
0: Close your eyes, give me a pen.
1: They love it.
0: <laughs> Do you feel my heart beating? Do you understand?
1: Where, where
2: did you find that? That's
1: a, there's a, a Lilith, you're just trying to get me to one. <laughs> there's a compilation of, uh, of oh, those concerts
2: that's, and cool. that's on there. I haven't you, heard you
1: that. You might, you might be owed a couple of residuals Maybe.
2: that you might not know
1: about. Maybe get the attorneys on that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the team?
1: Yeah. Get your people on that.
2: I'm, I, I don't have much of a team. Yeah, well, you, I'm kind of in the. I've kind of gone full circle to the indie thing. Brazel's my team. I know. Bra- See how I have my team with me.
1: <laughs> Brazel's my a, team. We need to get on this Brazil.
2: Just because she well, hasn't or, heard it, or it or not. Mean she's not getting. No, to no, but circles. I mean, it's it's just it's it, everything's kind of out there.
1: Yeah, I know.
2: I mean, it's hard to keep I've, track of it. Yeah.
1: Again, it's that damn internet.
2: It's it good is. things and bad things. Yes.
1: Uh, so here we go now. From your solo, last solo album came out in '96, and now. There's no there's no music from you until 2003 when right. the Bangles get back together. What's going on with Susanna Hoffs? You you, may, you got a garden?
2: <laughs> no. What are you,
1: are you redecorating the the home? What what uh, happened? Because uh, uh, when when
2: from 2000 s- wait when did you?
1: Well 1990 when did
2: I drop off the 1990
1: <laughs> you didn't drop off 1996 oh, your self-titled right. album came out and then you toured probably tore for a while. No there
2: was stuff happening. Okay you know, what's happening? I'll, I'll tell you now I'm 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 going back Here we and go. What happened was. That the Bengals got back together. Yes. For Austin Powers. Yes. In 98. Because right. I know I was just about to have a baby when all that was happening. You were I also, remember it.
1: And you're also in a band called Ming, Ming tea. tea. Yes,
2: I was doing Ming Tea. So
1: what is your name in Ming Tea?
2: Gillian Shagwell. <laughs> yeah. Mike named me. Really? Yes. I told him that's that great. I knew a girl named Gillian Bagwell in college. Oh, that's so funny. And he said, you shall be Gillian Shagwell. <laughs> So, um, I, and so anyway, um, we were looking for a pseudonym. So I was doing, okay. I was doing Ming-T. Yeah. I was living life, not so much gardening, but, you know, having kids, mm-hmm. hanging out with Jay. He was doing the Austin Powers movies. That's your husband, Jay Yes. Roach? Yes. And, um, at the time Jay needed a song for the movie. Mm-hmm. So I, I had already been writing a little with Debbie. Okay. And, um, then, uh. Vicky was in town. Mm -hmm. We got together. We wrote the song for Jay. It ended up in the movie. Then we started thinking about doing some Bangles stuff.
1: Yeah, and the song was called Get the Girl.
2: And the song was called Get the Girl. And then we ended up singing at the Hollywood Bowl with George Martin and his son Giles, put together a thing, Night of Beatles music. That was probably the first thing we did live as the Mm Bangles. And then in 2000, we played the House of Blues a few nights there, and we did a little tour. And then we started working on – What would become Doll Revolution.
1: So let's hear the uh, title track. It's an Elvis Costello tune. Yeah. Tear off your own head. It's a doll revolution. Yeah. And uh, this album, it's all four of you. It's the, it's yep. the four with uh, Michael. With Brad,
2: yeah, with Michael and worked with Brad Wood, mm-hmm. who did li- the a lot of Liz Fair stuff, yeah. I think. Um, yeah, and it was so weird about that song because I got a call. Actually, Jay got a call from T-Bone Burnett, Out of the Blue, wanted to talk to me about singing on the demo for a TV show he and Elvis Costello were working on. Wow. And, and I remember when he said, hey, and the song's called... Tear off your head your own he said, the song's called Tear Off Your Own Head, It's a Doll Revolution. I was like, Wow, I really want to hear that song. Yeah. It's really an interesting interesting title. And then I ended up singing that demo for them. I don't know whatever happened with it. Yeah. But the next thing I knew, it was really fun going in the studio mm-hmm. with T Bone and 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 Elvis. Um and I, I I talked to Elvis. i'm not I'm trying to remember if he was in the studio. We were just worked all the details out. and then, but he had been in the Austin Powers mm-hmm. movies. so there was a lot of like interconnections with Jay and him and yeah. everything. And then uh, the next thing I knew, Mickey actually suggested, why don't we record that for the Bangles album? And then Elvis ended up doing putting it on his record when the TV show didn't happen. So it had all this. The, the history of that song was a bit convoluted.
1: And when you say Mickey, that's Michael Steele? Michael Steele, Steel, yeah. You, you call her, Mickey?
2: Yeah, we always called her Mickey. Yeah, that's Nobody what, that's what we, called we called
1: her. Michael. Her. I mean, that's how we rolled. I we thought you guys her.
2: did when you were just um, being polite. What is she formal. up to now?
1: Where's, where's Michael Steele? I'm not, Steel? a,
2: not sure. I think she's just living somewhere. That I don't know where. <laughs> 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 and um, every once in a while we get a little message from her. I think she's doing well. I think she just didn't want to keep doing the bangles thing.
1: I always liked uh, I, when I would see pictures. She looked like she like towered over everyone else in the bangles. Is that true? Or is that just well, my perception?
2: Well, and I, I'm definitely the short bangle. Yeah. Yeah. And then next in the lineup would be Vicki, who's quite a bit taller than me. And, and then, then Debbie. And then Debbie and Michael were kind of both very tall.
1: Yeah, I had my picture taken with Debbie, and she, uh, she uh, crouched down quite a bit. Oh, there and, you go. Uh, I appreciated it, but uh, at the same time, it made me feel like less of a man. I hear you. So, uh, for God's sake, when I get my You picture, should have just grabbed
2: well, the Telly album. <laughs> the telly <laughs> Savalas
1: and just like... Emmanuel.
2: So, uh, a please don't crouch energy. down. When oh, we I, I'll be taken. on to I'm always on my tiptoes.
1: Um, Doll Revolution is a great album. Thank it's, you. It's really good start to finish. Thank you. Uh, it's got a lot of songs. got 15 songs, I think. You guys... Uh, you guys brought it for a comeback album. Let's it's comeback yeah, album. Right? Yeah.
2: It's a lot, a lot of years. Don't call
1: it a comeback, but I'm gonna
2: <laughs> Thank you. It's
1: comeback album. No, it was a great album and um and you guys did some touring with that.
2: A lot of touring.
1: And then after that you hook up with this guy, uh I think he was also in Ming Tee, wasn't he? Matthew Sweet?
2: Yeah. What was yeah. his name in Ming T? Sid Belvedere. As sexual
1: as I had hoped it would be,
2: <laughs> Sid. It's a little more subtle, yeah, and, 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 and that's subtle. why we we called ourselves Sid and Susie because his name is Sidney Matthew Sweet.
1: Oh, I did not that's, know that. Really that was going to be one Sydney. of my questions: why it's Sid and Susie?
2: He started calling me Susie, mm-hmm. and that was sort of like the name all my ki- friends in elementary school called me. Okay, and then and Jay sometimes calls me that, and okay. then for some reason just randomly Matthew started calling me Susie, and I said, well, if you're going to call me Susie, then I'm going to call you Sid. And they just became our sort of well, pet names for each other. I can,
1: you and, showed him.
2: Right. And then we just uh, thought, you know, rather than be Matthew Sweet and Susanna Hoffs, let's just be Sid and Susie. But yet
1: on the albums, it says Matthew Sweet and Susanna Hoffs.
2: That's the show. That's the record company. You know, like <laughs> Those, no one really knows who you are. You have to let them know.
1: So since your you names have to be right,
2: trackable on the Internet,
1: you should have wore kiss makeup then to really confuse them. Then people would have thought, well, I think it's them, but
2: I can't tell for sure. That is an interesting thought.
1: This will be a part I edit out, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, so these these albums are so good. The, f- the first one is uh, is sixty songs. Yeah. And uh, we I thought
2: that was going to be the only one. But then, right, then the record company said, well, so we're going to, here's the cover and it says volume one on it. So we're like, wait, it says volume one that on it? That record
1: company is messing with you. I know.
2: They're a really good record company, Shout Factory. Shout, Factor. yes,
1: Shout Factory But we just, good. you
2: know, we don't pay much attention. We're artists.
1: <laughs> That's right. You don't care. The album covers are very cool. Who designed I love the those. look of those? Um,
2: this guy named, I hope I'm getting right, Ed Fothering, Fotheringay or father something. Well, now that
1: sounds like an Austin Powers name. I
2: know, right? <laughs> Does. Ed Fathering Gay. I think that's his name. <laughs> okay. And he's brilliant.
1: Yeah, those are great. And I,
2: I mean, just for the album cover alone, I, I love all of the three album covers he did.
1: I can't wait to see volume four. There will be a volume four. I hope right? so.
2: I want to do sort of an, you know, the sort of buried treasure tracks. There are so many tracks that have never seen the light of day. Well, you guys went Jive ca- Talking by the Bee Gees. Oh, I know you fantastic. want to hear that. Yeah. I do. I mean, I want to hear that.
1: Uh, you, You guys went crazy with volume two because there was. There's like 26. We thought songs. it would be
2: a gatefold double album. Yeah,
1: and it was 70s style. So many songs.
2: I know 40 songs we we recorded.
1: Let's go through some of these some inspired choices too. Like this song, alone again or.
2: Yeah, well, that was on the first one. Yeah.
1: Yes, and um,
2: big love fans.
1: And you know what? That's one of my favorite bands. Is a British band, uh, hard rock band called UFO.
2: Oh, okay. And they
1: did a version of this on their Lights Out album. So. You know was,
2: who's a big... The Brits really loved Arthur Lee and Love.
1: Yeah. So that's, that what that. And you be know why. who's
2: a huge Love fan? Robert Plant. Well, let's get him in here. Mm-hmm. Call him up. Him. <laughs> and who was the other one we wanted? Rick Rubin.
1: Rick Rubin. Oh, yeah.
2: you, Rick might show... If you do that thing of like, I got Robert Plant...
1: And then I tell Robert Plant, I got Rick Rubin. <laughs> then you might have something. <laughs> w- but you got to
2: have candles yeah. and lighting. you got to improve the lighting. I say, Robert
1: Plant, I say, Rick Rubin called me. He wants to produce your next album. I call uh, Rick Rubin and I say, Robert Plant wants you to produce this next album. We all get in here. I get my tambourine out. <clears throat> this is where – it's crazy. Asia 3 is what I call <laughs> that. Okay. Let's hear <laughs> Alone Again or <laughs> – yeah. Now let's go right into something from volume two. This is one of my favorite Tom Petty songs of all time. And when you, when you come in uh, with the, with the, on the chorus and everything, it's so good. This is called Here Comes My Girl. I love that song so yeah, much. Yeah, it's a great. Any word. version. I even, love
2: that song. Our
1: intern Garen, sings a version of it that I love too. I love every anyone who sings it, I love it. It's
2: a great song.
1: Um, you also sing Maggie May. Yeah. But you didn't change the gender. You didn't make it Mikey May. Yeah.
2: No. I didn't. I love and I that. didn't know I was going to sing that one. There's a, that would happen all the time working with Matthew. I would assume cuz we we just throw in songs mm-hmm. and ideas and and we'd make a big list and we wouldn't say who does what and then i would just assume if he said we should put maggie may on there great i thought he he would yeah Yeah. but that was one of the most fun things about doing those records would just be like having to step up and and do a song that i didn't ever think that i could or should sing right and um just discovering in the moment you know getting through that Animal fear and panic, and to discover, like, wow, that was really fun. Is I love a, singing this song.
1: Is there more of a? Cre- is there as a, as a, you as an artist, a uh, recording artist? Is there more of a creative freedom now? Definitely. Than there was when you were, you know, tied to a, a big label. You guys. Can, I, I you,
2: think so. I think so. Part of like, the, who do you she, answer? To, yeah, did, did you, you answer
1: it anyway? And you did. Not it. really. Yeah.
2: Brazzle, little <laughs> a little bit to Brazil. A little bit <laughs> to Brazil. Um, mostly just yeah. I mean, that's it's almost like it's so like how you were saying you like to live in the box, this is your box. Yeah, yeah. There's a sort of a comfort in that because it's a little safer. Right. But it's a little bit that free-falling thing Mm -hmm. of being, so I feel that sometimes, but I'm also kind of learning to like get into that, that's just what it's like now. And I I really like it because it's, sky's the limit. You know, I can do, I can explore a lot of stuff right now and I am. I,
1: I, I bet a guy like Matthew Sweet loves it.
2: Oh, he's. Well, I learned a lot from Matthew because having worked with in the studio with really brilliant producers, mm-hmm. they all were David, David, Mitchell, all of those guys. But it, there was something very loosey goosey about working with mm-hmm. Matthew. You show up, you have a good time, you're hanging out. He, he throws on the machine, you sing a little bit. It's You focus and then you talk for a long time, then you focus a little more. Yeah. And you kind of just don't ever go back and necessarily. Overanalyze it. Right. I was not used to that kind of spontaneous way of doing things. So it kind of really I I, I really enjoyed making those records with him. And
1: then it doesn't feel like work either.
2: No. And, and then you listen back and like, wow, that that sounds pretty good. You know, like we did that yesterday, <laughs> like, oh wow, that was fun. I'm assuming there's wine involved. There was from time to time. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean it was more just like hanging out. And getting a little work done. It was very I, I wasn't
1: implying that you guys were drunk. I just, no, 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 no. We definitely weren't drunk. It was, no. chill, chill, chill drunk. Ri- it was, was just more
2: like two kids in, in a home studio. That's great. Like, and he has this kind of like magical way of just, he's very um, by feel. Mm-hmm. It'd be like the equivalent would be a chef that's just throwing in a little bit there. Not really following any recipes. Yeah. Just like, you know, let's. Add a little more of this. And, and it's very outside the box how he uh, mixes and produces. It's just very loose. Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know. Uh, when you guys put the, the 80s uh, album together, Volume 3, I don't know how you guys, there's, there's so many. I mean, well, there's 60s, 70s, 80s, any of those decades. But, um, yeah, and you guys picked great songs Thanks. again. Like, uh, this is one of my favorite Pretender songs. Let's hear a Kid. little bit of Kid. Yeah.
0: Kid. Gone all sad, so I feel sad too. I think I know some things you never outgrow.
1: And then he's just in the background, then you gotta really listen for him. Yeah. Uh, what, what music do you listen to now? Do you do? What do you listen to? Um, I ask you that question twice.
2: <laughs> I really want to an <laughs> <really>, answer. You <laughs> really want to know? I listen to. I I am still stuck listening to old songs. I mean, mm-hmm. I I love. I'll never get over the '60s and the '70s. Yeah. I've really come around to the '80s. Part part of it was even before Matthew and I did the '80s yeah. record. But I really and that whole there's a first wave channel on on the on the Mm internet you can find it and there's a lot of the early early stuff like late 70s early 80s stuff is pretty cool and i try to there's so much new music i i I tell brazil this all the time i feel almost like i'm in a country and i can't and i don't know the language they're speaking because i am so horribly behind Mm
1: -hmm. it's hard like i don't even know
2: like huge everyone always says you know this song it's a massive hit actually i don't Because I don't know, I don't, so I don't, so I'm very behind and I feel very bad about that.
1: Well, that's like back in the day, in back in the day, uh, it would be like, okay, here are the six big releases for Tuesday. Yeah. Now there's probably 50 releases on a Tuesday with with digital downloads and everything. It's, it's, it's insane. So
2: I want playlists. I want people to make me playlists. Send me your playlists of cool stuff that you love, that you think I might like.
1: Have you heard... Chrissy Hines new solo album. No. Okay. You get that. Okay. You I think you will really love it.
2: If, well, I love her. Well, I love, love the Pretenders.
1: And it's not uh and you know, whenever someone does a solo album, sometimes you're like, why wouldn't she just do a Pretenders album? But it's very it's not doesn't sound like the Pretenders. Well, it I, sounds like her own it. thing and her voice is so unique. Yeah. I love it. Um let's hear one more. This was a this is a bonus track. This is an iTunes bonus track for Under the Covers Volume 3. This is a, this is a Clash song. Okay, this is a Train in Vain. You were born in California. Yes, California girl. Yes, that's pretty cool.
2: Is it? I don't
1: know. I don't know many. It feels people. very
2: normal to me. I don't like know. I know. Well, yeah, I
1: don't know. Like my yeah, my daughters. Any- my daughters are both born here, so they don't yeah. know any different. But you know, I'm from Pennsylvania, Matt. You're from the uh, upstate New York. Upstate New York. Yeah. And where are you from? Michigan. Michigan. So I mean,
2: my mother's from Johnstown.
1: Johnstown, Pennsylvania. Yeah, I thought uh, you'd
2: freak if I told you that. Yes, so because just, I mean, you are freaking.
1: That's in. <laughs> yes, I am because. Some of the first concerts I ever saw were in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. Really? I saw a Cheap Trick. Uh, Whoa, I saw that must
2: have been good. I
1: saw Ted Nugent, <laughs> but he wasn't touting ridiculousness back then. He was just si- swinging from a vine with a loincloth on. <laughs> okay, and, uh, But yeah, I, I, my hometown is a very small Holidaysburg. It's literally f- 35 minutes from Johnstown. Wow. So yeah, we were always on, that's close. on the border of a flood. Yeah. So um, that's really wild. I know. When, when
2: did your mom move here? My mother mostly grew up in Chicago. Okay. But they, they came, my parents, my dad's from Brooklyn. So mm. they came to California in the late fifties. Wow. Yeah. Just to seek sunshine. sunshine. My dad was going to, uh, he was a doctor, a young doctor. So he was doing a residency at UCLA, I and think. And they just
1: stayed. Yeah.
2: That's great. Yeah
1: uh and how did you uh how did you meet the uh the Peterson sisters
2: I met them uh through an ad in in the recycler
1: that was it they put an ad in sisters looking for No no for they
2: didn't I had an ad in it. I had an ad in and then the, a, a girl who had been in a band mm-hmm. who was still their roommate had their band split up okay. Debbie and Vicky were planning to keep working together but their guitar player had placed an ad, and I I actually called her ad, but mm-hmm. Vicki answered the phone.
1: Okay. Good for Vicki. And Vicky.
2: sparks were fl- sparks flew. Magic was in the air. And uh,
1: yeah. As soon as you got together, was it was immediate? Like, oh, we really it was like immediate. each other. It
2: was immediate. They taught me how to play White Rabbit. It sounded so complicated. It was really two chords. I was like, no way. No. And it was. And we played it, and uh, we decided to be – then we took a little break. We went to the kitchen. We, des- mm-hmm. we basically decided to get married.
1: Well, this is, I like this is, this it goes, a crazy
2: one night, mm. one night thing.
1: This learning white rabbit goes along with what you said about learn, find some songs that you like and learn to play them and, and go from there. Yes. Uh, so, uh, Sweetheart of the Sun comes out in 2011. It's got a very, I don't like this term, but I'm going to use it. It's a like hippie, dippy, trippy. It just has a great, like, 60s type of. It was
2: kind of our Laurel Canyon yeah, homage.
1: It really has a sound to it from start to finish. Yeah. And, uh, let's hear, uh, let's hear the Anna Lee. Suzanne, let me give it let me just throw the plugs out there for you. Uh, Twitter. You're at Suzanne Hoffs. Yes. Uh, w- w- www.suzannahoffs.com. Yes. Also, uh, the bangles.com.
2: Sure. Yeah. Will and do- I also have Facebook too, but Twitter, Facebook. Twitter. Yeah. I have both Facebook and Twitter.
1: Uh, well, see, I think right in the box, I don't have either one of those things. <laughs> really? I just have, I have, I write a letter and I put it in a box with a stamp on it and I see what happens.
2: Good for you. That's why You're it took so long school. to get you on
1: here. Brazel would not write me back. Um, uh, will there be another Bangles CD?
2: I don't know. Oh, yeah. There's one coming. Besides the one that Rio I mean,
1: new. Will there be more new oh, music I in mean, the Bangles probably,
2: in the future? Probably.
1: I'm going to call that a rock solid exclusive. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> will there be more Susanna Hoff's solo albums?
2: Definitely, because we're already working on one. With this guy? With this guy.
1: Uh, literally, I thought this guy was just my like, team. I thought this <laughs> guy. My team. I thought this guy was just some personal assistant. And I go, "Hey, how do you know Susanna?" And he's like, "He's my team. I wrote nine of the ten songs on the last <laughs> he's album. My,
2: he's my complete team."
1: <laughs> uh, how did you two meet? Uh, I just
2: came out here. I was friends with their niece. And I came okay. to visit. And now he and my niece are more than friends.
1: Whatever. What the heck? I know. Do you date her niece? Now, yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna give you this. Thumbs up to that. Um, I want to play us out with, uh, with uh, One Day on your new album. Great. You made a couple videos for this album. One yes. has Patricia Arquette in it.
2: Rosanna Arquette. What did I say? Patricia. Right. That's her sister.
1: I'm talking about the girl that the Toto song is written about.
2: That's Rosanna. <laughs> Rosanna. And she is the one in my video.
1: Right. And right. she's the one when I was a young kid and I would see Rosanna Arquette, I would be
2: yeah, wow. <laughs> Who is that girl? Uh, nothing against Patricia. No, no. They're, no, no. They're both gorgeous. Just not uh, my cup of tea. What the hell?
1: <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay. what
0: none, none of that needed to
1: be said. I know. I'm just being a jerk. <laughs> uh, okay. So uh, again, go buy Someday. Go buy Sweetheart of the Sun. Thank you. Go buy anything I played today. Great. Go buy all of it. And hopefully uh, Susanna's people will track down the residuals and she'll get a check in the mail. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. We have some Someday CDs and we have some Sweetheart of the Sun CDs. I'd like you to sign for the listeners if you don't mind. can do it, yes. You can do it? Yes. uh, Happily. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. I hope it wasn't uh, too difficult.
2: No, it was easy breezy.
1: And I hope when I see you on the street, I can call you
2: friend. Friend.
1: (laughs) Matt, play us out with a little uh, one day from Someday.